Is your mental health practice buried in the bottom of Google search results? There's a way out. Simplified SEO Consulting offers a roadmap to search engine success. As mental health professionals, they know how to help therapists attract ideal clients and build a thriving practice. Go to simplifiedseoconsulting.com forward slash modern therapist to learn more and unlock your SEO potential this summer. Considering a transition to private pay? Thryzer can help you transform out-of-network therapy to look and feel like an in-network experience for your clients. Your clients just pay co-insurance for sessions instead of waiting weeks for reimbursement. Thryzer covers the rest of your fees so you get paid in full up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. It's time to reimagine therapy and what it means to be a therapist. We are human beings who can now present ourselves as whole people with authenticity, purpose, and connection, especially now when therapists must develop a personal brand to market their practices. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Withhelm, and this is Katie Vernoy. And today we are talking about in-person networking. It's one of the most important things I think that clinicians often get wrong. And so we thought it would be important to talk through why we think networking is important, the current challenges in kind of the world today when you're networking, what you struggle with, and what we think works. Kurt, for you, what, why do you think that networking is important? I believe that networking is important because for me, what I do is I end up selling myself as a therapist that in our profession, a lot of what we don't get to do is go sit in on other people's therapy sessions and see how they interact in the room. So the way that I try to show people how I am as a therapist is typically about how I'm going to respond in a networking type situation. So for you, it's about making sure that people get a sense of who you are so they can refer appropriately to you. They can see what your personality is like and, and identify you as a good match for a referral. Absolutely. My belief is that the therapeutic alliance is so strongly tied to how well therapy works that I would love to have people have the best basis for being set up to have a strong therapeutic alliance from the very, very beginning. And so that means that if I have clients that are more likely going to work with me just from the outset of therapy, then I'm going to have much higher success rate and I'm going to be able to help people better. I'm going to have a stronger referral network because people are going to see me as a therapist who can help clients get things done. I think that's really important because it's about fit. And I hadn't actually thought about it in that way. I like that you shared that because when I think about why networking is important, I I focus on developing a collaborative team. But when you're talking about networking with other therapists, they're really looking for somebody who can help the person that's in front of them. And so really knowing who the people are, it's you're vetting the people and making sure there's going to be a good fit. When I talk about the collaborative team, I'm talking about networking with people who potentially have slightly different different niches than you or areas of expertise people who are also in different kind of related professions as far as you know mediators you know family law attorneys doctors nutritionists 
physical trainers, like people who are able to provide additional resources for your clients. And so being able to have someone that you've developed a a working relationship with and who you can collaborate and refer back and forth makes outcomes stronger as well. Absolutely. And really embracing the aspects of how I'm going to do different therapy than somebody else who might even be serving the same population as me is really going to help the referral sources better understand that a client with a slightly different temperament or a different personality might respond better to one therapist or the other. And this is where I've really come to accept that not every client should be my client, that there are certain clients that I'm not going to really want to embrace and work with as well. For example, I've really stopped working with younger children, partially because I have young children at home. And so Mm -hmm. some of the issues that get brought into therapy, I don't really want to have my countertransference being affected from my home life versus is what's happening in my work life. Once my kids get up to the age of the population that I do typically work with, I, I might have to reevaluate this. But, you know, really one of my biggest competitors as far as a market is a male therapist who works with kids and teens is one of my suite mates. And we couldn't have widely different personalities. On one hand, I am pretty straightforward. I'm kind of challenging. I'm very coy with a lot of teenagers. My suite mate is like a Labrador retriever in human embodiment (laughs) that he is just, everything is great and fantastic. And he's so incredibly warm. And we just have a very, very different vibe, but it works very, very well with very, very different types of clients. I know. And I think the thing that that's surprising about that for a lot of clinicians, not for me, because I actually have something similar to mention, but it's that you have competition in your same suite. And people oftentimes when they come to me to ask about launching a practice, they say, well, should I determine my, my expertise, my niche based on who the competition is and making sure that I'm not directly in competition with a whole bunch of people around me? And I say, no, be an expert on what you're an expert on. You know, Have a niche that you're interested and passionate and can work well with. But people get worried, oh, there's going to be competition. It's like, you're very different than everybody else. I had I, For a long time, I had a group for women survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. And there was a woman who is still running a group like like that, but she was a block away from me. And she and I would refer to each other all day long because we were so different. Our groups were set up differently, but we really had the same expertise and target market. So I think it's really important that you network and get to know who the people are so that you can identify the personality fits because as you said earlier, relationship is such an important thing. What do you think the challenges are that people face now in networking that maybe are different than what has been in the past? I think that there's a lot of push towards a private practice market. And as two clinicians who are definitely working in the private practice market, I see lots and lots of new people opening up practices and people who might be renting space from me or my suite mates or in a number of the other therapy friendly buildings in in our respective areas of Los Angeles. But I also see a lot of people who don't create sustainable practices because they don't market, or if they do market, they're running into a lot of obstacles in these networking events that really don't help them embrace their personality and stand out and be able to create that own niche among the competition that might already be there. 
Yeah, I think it's something where people can be very overwhelmed with launching a practice and becoming a therapist on their own. And yeah, so many people push back from having a way that they stand out or or a personal brand that they put forward, but we really have to to be able to get any kind of traction and to really serve clients because if clients aren't coming to your door, you can't serve them. I think uh too often the challenge can become that you have to really spend time on networking and developing relationships, whereas this is a growing field and there's a lot of people who are in some type of therapy or dare I say it, coaching. And so there's a lot of people who are are accessing these clients to help them feel better. And so being able to develop the relationships that you have, making sure that you're standing out is so critical. And I think a lot of people will will be a little bit, maybe a little bit more introverted or a little bit worried and won't stand up and, and say what they're about. And so they miss the opportunity. And I think that a lot of the networking events that I go to usually have some sort of opportunity for you to get up and address everybody in the room and give your elevator speech. And I think that there's definitely the people who are very good at it and the people who get up and really don't have a sense of what they want to say. And so they end up rambling on and on about serving a very nondescript list of populations that many other people have a better way of formulating what their niche is or how they are really excited about working one or two specific populations. I know you and I've joked that people will stand up and say, I work with human beings and people who are not necessarily human and people with one arm and maybe two arms and and also people that have three arms. I want to make sure that I'm working with everyone. I work with you know, zero to three, but I also work with the elderly and I work with people who are in transition, but also people who are, are bored and, and, and not feeling like they, they have a way forward. I, I've heard so many people talk about who they serve and it basically comes down to, I serve everyone and I have no specialty. And I think that doesn't serve anybody because everybody just kind of checks out. I think the the corollary to that is people who will stand up in a room full of therapists and stand up and say, I work with people in transition, primarily uh, with depression and anxiety, and then they sit down. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there thinking, you just basically said, I work with your clients, please refer them to me and sit down. And you're only marketing to your competition, and you're saying that you don't do anything different than them. And so that, I think, is a huge challenge that a lot of people face is that they've not gotten an specific enough in their niche or their personality and know how to speak up about who they are that they don't stand out at all. Absolutely. And one of the networking events that I was at somewhat recently, it's an event that I've been going to for several years, but in really trying to show how I am in the room, when the microphone got passed around to me, I used my 20 seconds to say, I really wonder what would happen if somebody started running around the room with a microphone. And I started (laughs) running around the room with a microphone. And I used my last five seconds to say, I'm Kurt Whithelm, and I work with teenagers who might need to challenge the status quo. And (laughs) it's really just kind of an opportunity to show people what you're like. And it's something where if you do have a bigger personality, it's an opportunity where you can do that. And not every therapist needs to run around with the microphone. And not every therapist can run around with a microphone, Kurt. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's not something where every therapist is going to want to be as extroverted as I might be, but it fits the types of clients that I really gel with and really do want to work with. 
Feeling like your ideal clients just can't find you online? There's a better way with Simplified SEO Consulting. They're a team of mental health marketing specialists who understand the unique challenges therapists face in the digital world. Forget wasting time on confusing SEO tactics that leave you feeling frustrated and out of the loop. Simplified SEO Consulting offers a range of proven solutions to fit your practice needs, from DIY courses that empower you to take control, to done-with-you coaching that provides expert guidance at every step, to their individualized done-for-you SEO plans that let you focus on your clients while they handle the details. Plus, they have an innovative content network program that has set practices across the country apart from the rest. When you're ready to start showing up in front of your ideal clients online, the expert team at Simplified SEO Consulting is ready for you. Visit SimplifiedSEOConsulting.com forward slash modern therapist to schedule your free consultation and find the perfect SEO plan to unlock the full potential of your practice. Don't forget to mention Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast for $100 off your done-for-you SEO onboarding, or use code MODERNTHERAPIST for 20% off a DIY SEO course this summer. I've been, I was actually there when you ran around the room. I think I told you to do it, which is, you know, how we operate. You, you need to encourage me, like... <laughs> I, I really don't I twisted your arm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally just twisted your arm. But I've also been sitting in the room and I've seen, you know, clients and colleagues, you know, consulting clients and colleagues who have shifted how they talk about what they do. And I hear the responses. There was um, one of my one of my colleagues who has a really beautiful niche, a very introverted person. And when this person stood up and said, I do this and this, and I speak this language and I have this this specialty, I could just hear the room go, oh, and I, you know, I could hear the wheels turning and I could, I could see people writing down that this is somebody that they needed to get in touch with. Because even though this was a very introverted person who was nervous to stand up because this person took ownership of what they had to say, what they were could provide. And it wasn't the same. I treat depression and anxiety and blah, 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 blah. It was very specific I could see that this person was going to get some referrals. And I think that for those opportunities and what really solidifies them is not necessarily the announcements to the entire room, but making the room smaller so that way you are better connected to people who are going to be better referral sources. That it's great to have a really, really wide network, but if it's a network that doesn't actually have the types of clients that are also going to want to go to you, it's not necessarily a worthless network, but it's not one that's going to benefit you. I think in addition to that, if it's a really wide network that doesn't know you that well and that you really can't stay in touch with, that can be a problem because I know that there's definitely people who know a ton of people, but they don't actually, they've not actually developed those relationships to, to get the referrals or to really even feel comfortable referring to the other person. They just have a huge network of people that kind of know them. Oh, I recognize that person or I've heard their, that person's name. Absolutely. And when I'm working with either pre-licensees or newly licensed therapists and talking with them about how to strengthen their network, I tell them that there's a lot of people that I might meet, but aren't necessarily going to be on my radar when it comes to making referrals. That in general, I'm going to want to see the people I know and like to have their practices succeed. The people that I'm friendly with, I want to see them continue to be my friends and be in business. And also that referrals are kind of a reflection on me. So I want to make sure that I know the strength of the person that I'm referring to as well. 
Yeah, you don't want to refer to people who you are not certain that they're going to provide quality service because you're putting your name on the line. And so really making sure that you have a very strong connection with the people who you're sharing referrals with is so critical. I think that that there's another you know, kind of additional piece to why networking is so important is it's really creating your, your community. Some people call it your tribe, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's you're creating your support network because being in private practice can be very isolating. And so networking is, is also building this community of people who can support you. And part of that is knowing them well and giving them solid referrals so everybody can do really high quality work. And to get to know them better is setting up coffee dates. It's setting up uh, phone calls just to chat with them. I was, I tend to make a lot of phone calls when I'm sitting in Los Angeles traffic. And that's really how Katie and I started to really develop our relationship <laughs> is I, I'm, I'm stuck in five o'clock traffic driving home. And I'm like, I should give this Katie a call. And she picked <laughs> up and we talked about something maybe professional to start with. But I also knew that consistently Katie could be my entertainment sitting in LA traffic. <laughs> And look where it ended up for us is that, you know, today we're, we're now in, in making a podcast together. We're, we're doing a, a lot of collaborative ideas, but it all started with just the idea of, I like this person. I want them to be a part of my community. Yes. And, and it can lead to opportunities like new business ventures, that kind of stuff, but it really can end up being a strong treatment team. Going along kind of further with these challenges and what people do wrong in networking, I think you want to create your strong support system, but if you need to grow your network, I think it's, it can be unfortunate to just sit with only your friends at a networking event. Although I do like to sit next to you because we do become kind of the, the peanut gallery, but I think other people prefer us not to sit together at networking events and it probably helps us to, to grow our networks when we don't. It does. And even as much as I like to sit next to my friends and catch up with them on the, the things that have been happening in our lives or our practices since the last time that we saw each other, I usually try to go out of my way to at least introduce myself to a handful of new people at each event that I go to. And this is planting the seeds of getting on other people's radars of even making new friends and having other connections into either other therapists in the competition or especially those support type uh, professionals that might be serving another aspect of some of my clients' lives. Yeah, no, I think it's always important to meet new people because People, I think relationships go through seasons and there are times when you're really connected with one group of people. But like, you know, when your kids get older and you have to shift your target population again, you're going to want to make sure that you're connecting with people who now serve, you know, the collaborative teams for the other people that you're going to be working with. If you're going to go back down and start working with young kids or, you know, whatever you end up deciding to do, Kurt. Yeah, the seasons <laughs> of therapy. I, I, what I'm getting out of this is the Game of Thrones winter is coming. <laughs> Yes, winter is coming. I think another thing that I see that people do wrong is they go to these networking events, they sit with their friends, they don't have cards with them, or they have cards, but they don't have an email address. It is the current age, ladies and gentlemen, like we need to have email addresses because it is so hard to connect with therapists during business hours. So you end up doing phone tag for like a million days if you're trying to, to do that. Kurt and I happen to be able to hop on the phone, but I think that's actually pretty unusual for me. Absolutely. And I've even started seeing, and, and surprisingly, older therapists start listing like their Instagram page on their business cards <laughs> as another way of connecting that 
and I really like it because this is really breaking out of the the old mold of I'm going to go out and I'm going to hang my shingle and I'm going to let people know that I have a practice and the clients will come. But in really having a branded practice and living as your brand, it's really embracing the ways that you might be able to relate either to the therapeutic community or to the client community in new and innovative ways that might not fall into that old mold. Yeah, I think it's it's something where we have to keep innovating because there are so many ways that we're connecting with each other as well as with our clients. And so being able to have your cards, have that information on there and not being afraid of getting emails or texts or you know, having a social media presence, but that's, that's for another day. We're, we are going to talk about building a, a social brand and, you know, networking and, and marketing online. But I think in truth, if you go to a, a networking event and you don't have cards, you don't have a way for people to reach you. And in truth, if you don't have a website, at least a certain point into your practice, those are all black marks. And so it's really important that you stay up to date. You don't necessarily have to have an Instagram or a Facebook page or whatever, but you do need to make sure that people can find you online because we meet a lot of people and being able to go back and learn a little bit more about you is really critical. Absolutely. And the idea behind this is that the internet never forgets. But <laughs> If you're not even on there in the first place, then you're going to be forgotten in the people who meet with you. Most of the referrals that I get for services that I might look at, whether it's a doctor or an accountant or something like that, even if I'm given a very strong recommendation from somebody that I know and trust, one of the first things that I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and I'm going to Google them. So Mm -hmm. if that's kind of the mindset that I'm going to do with the types of services that I seek out... I'm going to assume that the type of people that are seeking my services are going to do something very, very similar. Yes, yes. I know that for myself, there's times, and this is something that maybe I shouldn't be proud to admit this, but there are times that I don't follow up immediately and I'll have, you know, I'll have my stack of cards on my, on my desk and it'll be a week later even. And I've been to two or three networking working events within the, that time frame, And I'll look at a card and say, wow, who is that person? And if I can't find a picture of them, I may be stuck. If you've been considering switching to private pay and are unsure how to attract and retain clients, Thrizer can be your best resource. How? Thrizer actually helps you transform out-of-network therapy to look and feel like an in-network experience for clients with out-of-network benefits. First, Thrizer can help clients instantly verify their out-of-network benefits, providing them complete transparency on the cost of therapy ahead of their first session. Then, just by charging your clients via Thrizer's payment platform, you can automatically submit claims for them, offload all the insurance stress onto Thrizer, and even let your clients just pay their co-insurance for sessions, similar to in-network co-pays, to help them afford therapy upfront and skip the long reimbursement wait. Thrizer covers the rest of your fees, so you get paid in full up front and waits for reimbursement on your client's behalf. They also have a Superbill Uploads feature, which is completely free for therapists. If you'd like to instead offer your clients a resource to manage their own Superbills, they manage all claims end-to-end, so you or your clients don't need to deal with any of the insurance stress. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to start your free trial and receive waived fees for your first $2,500 in payments. I know, Kurt, you said that you kind of do something different so you can remember. 
I run into this problem too. I'll come home with a bunch of cards from an event. And if I look at them and if there's nothing particularly interesting about the card, whether it's listing a, a specialty or a geographic area, or frankly, even a well-designed card, if I haven't written down on the back where I met them and something about that person that is a personal connection, then it's a very high likelihood that that card is probably going to end up in my trash can. So what I try to do is I try to write something down that when I do reach out to them, even if it's a week later, if I'm not able to respond back to them right away, I've got something that I can remember them by. And it's a great way of fostering that connection and building more of that sense of community with just taking an extra moment when I'm in somebody's presence to jot down a couple of notes about them. Yeah, I think that's that's really, really important because follow-up is so important. So many people will hand out a million cards trying to get out there. Here's my card. Here's my card. And then may take some cards, but then never send any follow-up emails, never schedule coffees. And they wonder why they're not getting referrals. And it's like, dude, you got to you gotta make sure that you're actually making a connection. I actually recommend, especially people who don't like networking, I recommend go get two or three cards of the pe- people that you were actually able to kind of hunker down a little bit with and get to know and maybe you took some notes and then follow up with them. And the goal is the coffee or the meal afterwards. It is not networking and trying to get everything squared away in a, in a big networking meeting because you're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Absolutely. And this goes into building that that networking community. I like to joke that therapists drink more coffee than anyone. The only competition might be people who go to 12-step meetings, but therapists definitely have a very strong support for keeping the coffee industry going. And I think we we do need to keep doing that because you can't just meet with somebody one time. You can't just meet with them in a networking event. You can't just have one coffee. Obviously, you're not going to necessarily have a million coffees with a whole bunch of people. You've got your first date and you decide if that's somebody that you want to keep in touch with. But I think it's really important to regularly be in touch with the people who you're networking with. You mean I shouldn't have seven coffees before I see my first client and then just be vibrating with the amount of caffeine? (laughs) I think probably you can actually have tea when you say you're going out to coffee so that you won't be vibrating with caffeine. I think that would be pretty critical to, to master your caffeine intake when you're like doing heavy duty networking. <laughs> <laughs> what other kinds of helpful hints do a lot of therapists maybe need pointed out to them in order to network effectively? I think the biggest thing that people forget is that the assumption is that everyone has hopefully handed you a card that has a website on it. And if they haven't done that, there's still some place that you can find them. And I think before going to coffee with somebody, do a little research, understand what it is they're offering, make sure that you know who you're meeting with so that you can already start the conversation in a way that's connected and prepared. What if the person that I'm meeting with has a really common name and doesn't have much of an internet presence? then you do your best. (laughs) No, I think that's the problem is that you want to make sure that you're really, when you're on the receiving side, that you've got enough so that if people are looking for you, they can find you. I've had people I wanted to refer to that did not have their own website, did not have any way for me to get a hold of them. And I finally just stopped referring to them because I could not find them. Absolutely. And especially if you have a common name, I know sometimes I'm going to refer to people and a name like Joe Smith is going to get lost amongst many other people. 
uh, one of my sweet mates was telling me a story about uh, having met a very wonderful therapist who he had actually invited to speak at a class that he was teaching. And when he went to look at her biography, he typed her name in and found nothing but the uh, works of an adult actress who... <laughs> Uh, kind of dominated the search engine. So if you've got a, a name, you might want to Google yourself in order to create a brand, but one that represents you in a way that you can live and network in person. Yes. Yes. I think another thing, another tip, you know, besides making sure on the one end that you're findable, that you have an online presence so that people can research you. And on the other end, researching the person that you're going to meet with so that you can be prepared to connect with them in a positive way. I think the other thing is after the meeting, following up and potentially if you can offering a connection or a resource or an article that really shows that you were paying attention and that you had a thoughtful conversation because that continues the relationship. And especially for some of the stronger referral sources like psychiatrists or doctors of other kinds or family law attorneys or mediators, people who are not in competition with you, but who are serving your same clients, you want to make sure that they see you as a resource. And if you kind of just say, thanks for coffee and leave it at that, it's fine. You at least said thank you. But if you can also provide them with a resource or some or a connection that will continue to keep you top of mind and provide support for them, it can be really, really helpful. Absolutely. And I think it's something to keep in mind too, is that for some of the people who've been around for several years and who have very thriving practices that many times they're going to have a strong network referral uh, themselves. And you might not be quite on their radar right at that time, but it's not a sign that you should give up on them. It's a twofold one that you need to be prepared to put in the work in creating and maintaining that relationship with them. So that way you do appear on their referral list. But two, that you also balance that with networking with people who are building their practices or their businesses kind of in step with where you're at in your practice. That a new psychiatrist who's just starting out a practice might be a great place for somebody who is just starting out their practice and a great opportunity to cross-refer in one of those situations. Yeah, and I think to, to keep expanding that out, I think really looking for people who have a similar network size, who are potentially kind of, you know, they're kind of a treatment team model where you're, you're, you're networking with educational consultants and tutors and people who are in your same target and you're networking with them and then actually spending time with them planning how you would potentially work together to find additional referrals and referring all your clients to each other and that kind of stuff. Obviously when it's clinically appropriate and it makes sense. Like don't just randomly refer people to your, you know, your kind of team of network networking and referral partners. But I think it's, it's being able to be really thoughtful about it where you're being strategic with who you're spending time with. Hopefully they're all people that you really enjoy spending time with that you respect their work. And then you become, you know, kind of a sales force for each other's way. I've heard of it in, in some of the networking groups I've, I've been to. Great. Any final thoughts for today? I think the biggest piece I think of is that you have to network. And even if you don't like it, you got to figure it out. So hopefully the comments that we had today is helpful. Going forward, we are going to be talking about personal branding, online marketing, online networking, and the ways that you can do that ethically and responsibly and also and have fun with it. But I think this, this is important. And even if you hate it, you still got to do it. 
And if you love it, it makes it all the more fun. And that is really where it can balance out some of the loneliness that might come in starting and launching a practice is build a community, have fun with it, and be yourself. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Feeling stuck with SEO for your therapy practice? There's hope. Head to simplifiedseoconsulting.com forward slash modern therapist and unlock your website's SEO potential with Simplified SEO Consulting. Use code modern therapist for a discount and mention the Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast for a special offer on done for you SEO this summer. Let's build your dream practice together. Charge your full rate with confidence with Thryzer. Thryzer takes care of 100% of the insurance stress and helps your clients skip the long reimbursement wait giving you a powerful tool to attract and retain out-of-network clients with ease. Check out our special link, join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thrizer.